Good morning and welcome to another episode of The Voice Podcast. This is episode number two. It's a brand new podcast and the date is the 30th of November 2020. Looking out the windows today, it's another grey winter's day in, in the UK here. We are rapidly, finally approaching the end of lockdown number two. And it's been a challenging time for the hospitality industry. I feel they have been victimized by the government, by a government that doesn't really understand exactly how hard the hospitality industry works to keep everyone safe. I have been into hotels and restaurants and I've seen the investment and the time and effort that they are putting into keeping people safe from keeping rooms closed for 24 hours after somebody books out to only opening half their hotel at a time to the spacing of tables to extra PPE for people to barriers coming in place. I personally cannot see how the British government can be blaming the hospitality industry for the increase in COVID. I really honestly can't. It's not been a good time for the hotel industry. Um, close to home, I've had my sister be made redundant from a very large hotel chain where she was a senior manager and she's facing a prospect um, of a Christmas Valley job. And this story is repeating itself across the industry. But with any luck, we've got this vaccine on the horizon for early next year and we can hopefully make 2021 a bumper year for all of us. In anticipation of that, today's podcast is about hotel photography. I intend to break this podcast down into a couple of different parts. The first part is why hotel photography. It's going to be a very, very short, short section of it. And after that, we'll go into things you as a hotel can do to improve your hotel photography immediately and for very little extra cost, if any. So first of all, why hotel photography? Well, my answer is, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, I understand that with the way mobile phones are progressing, especially with this new iPhone 12, uh, iPhone 12 X Pro, whatever it's called, the picture quality and video quality on that is phenomenal. And I can understand how people could say, let's save a few thousand pounds every three years and just use a mobile phone that our admin assistant has got and run around and take pictures. Whilst this could be a good idea, uh, generally I feel it is not. And let's dive into why I think it's not. Let's look at a product. Let's have a look at something like a Revlon lipstick. I'm not sure what they retail at, probably between eight and 30 quid for a thing of lipstick. But if you go and look into any Cosmopolitan or Glossy magazine, you will see the photograph quality of a lipstick is quite phenomenal. But there's more to it than just what that picture is. Yes, it is beautifully lit. It is composed wonderfully and it is looking absolutely perfect. Every shadow, every highlight is exactly where it's meant to be to appeal to that ideal client. Why then do I look at so many hotel websites where you'd be paying upwards of 150 pounds a night and that picture's obviously taken with a mobile phone with no thought to anything. Um, those days, I believe, are behind us now. 
your guests are hanging out on Instagram, your guests are hanging out on Facebook, your, your guests are a lot more savvy in looking for what they need and what they want and you have to be speaking to them. The day of just generally casting your net out into the internet and hoping someone books are behind you and with OTAs taking more and more of your income, well, I think it's up to 25% of per booking the OTAs take, the time has come for you to start taking control of your own marketing. Um, and if somebody books a second, third, or fourth time, you need to ensure that's coming direct and not via OTAs because then you have failed in your marketing. In your marketing. Uh, let's discuss costs of hotel photography. Again, I believe you need to not look at hotel photography as a throwaway cost. The days of hiring somebody to come in for a day or two, snap a few pictures, and then you throw them in the proverbial bottom drawer are gone. Um, hotel photography and videography needs to be seen as an integral part of your marketing plan. That being said, they need to be, each photograph needs to have a purpose. So if that one photograph is going to be on your email campaign for your Christmas uh, restaurant. You need to know who your client for that exact email is going to be and create the image for that person. Uh, as I have got a background in marketing as well as email marketing, web design development, social media marketing, this is something I have found over the years that if you have got visual assets that appeal to your ideal client, you are going to get a lot more engagement and bookings through that image than just a generic empty room type picture. Uh, going through costs, cost is obviously not a small figure generally for some high quality photography, just based on the amount of work that goes into it, the research in, that goes into your marketing plans and your and you're learning about your ideal client, plus the time on site and the time in editing as well, post-processing. It takes hours and hours and days of work, months of work sometimes to, to create these images. But I believe you need to be looking at what the return on investment is rather than simply the cost. For example, one of my hotels, they've got an annual turnover roughly in the 10 million pound mark. Now, my photography, when I, well, campaigns I've run for my hotel clients from before I started, from before I provided the visual assets to after, they're generally seeing a 3% increase in turnover. That is based on the type of images I take and the way that, that we work together to get those images used. So for that hotel, with a 10.1 million pound turnover, after year one, their turnover was up by 303,000 pounds. They paid me somewhere in the region of 15,000 pounds for that marketing campaign. Now, I believe that you should re-photograph your hotel every three years. This takes into account the changing style of photography that people are looking at, uh, your changing target audience, and even if your target audience is the same person, fashions and that will change. Uh, you'll have refurbs. So I believe that a photographer should be coming to you, visit your hotel for a full shoot at least every three years unless some major things happen as well, like major refurbs and that. So on that, a 3% increase 
each year for three years is very nearly a million pounds that that 15,000 pound photo shoot has made them. That's how you need to be looking at your hotel photography, not as a cost, but as a creation of assets that will make you money. If your photographs don't make you money, there is no point in having them, in which case you may as well just go back to taking pictures with your mobile phone. That is the number one and the only reason why we're out there to, to photograph your hotel is to help you increase your bookings and beat the OTAs. So let's go into a few little tips as to how you can do this. So I've just released an ebook. You can download it on my website, but I'll be going, I'll be giving you a skimming over of it in this here. The ebook is called 10 Top Tips You Can Use to Immediately Improve Your Hotel's Photography. Now this ebook is designed for the hotels who are currently struggling financially and cannot afford a photographer. This will hopefully if you follow all these tips, will start to help your, help your booking rate. So first of all, the very first thing is know your guest. I cannot emphasize this enough. I spend a lot of time looking at hotel websites and I recommend you take the time to do this as well. And I don't mean just your site, look at all your competitors as well. Look at a couple of things that I always look at. Oh, do the images work? Do they speak to me? as the venue's ideal guest. What and where are the calls to action on your website? This is so important. You, know, you want to enter into a financial transaction with your guests, let them do it. And how easy is the website to navigate? And does the page you land on coming from a Google advert relate to the search term? Again, very important. You, know, you want to make that sales funnel as slippery and greasy as possible. So when I look at a website, I first read the words the venue uses and see whether they relate to the visuals. For example, I often see hotels referring to, and I quote, suites with stunning views over our gorgeous parkland. Now that's great, but when I look at the pictures next to it, all I see is a blown out window because they haven't bring up the interior lighting enough. So where is that gorgeous parkland view? You're adding a barrier into it. Yeah. And why is the hotel room empty um, what is the show and this is a purely documentary shot how are you reinforcing the message okay i hope that makes sense to you so you know know your buyer know your guest you know create your customer avatar which will cover things such as age sex where they're from right down to where they'll shop what do they wear what do they read um, as much information as you can gather through research and your guests that have visit your visit your premises etc you want to remove a barrier to purchase. So let's take for example, your ideal guest is Ruth. She's a 35 year old female who loves her dogs, loves going for dog walks. She shops at shops like Next and she drives an Audi A3. That's just an example. You want to add clues to her persona into your images, okay? We'll go into that in a bit more action. But what sort of words would that person use you know would book now or reserve your room work better in your call to action so have a think about these sort of things point two now you know who your ideal guest is you want to create assets that appeal to that guest okay so let's go back to ruth as a 35 year old female would featuring your i don't know your cigar lounge appeal to her I don't think it would. 
So yes, you might be proud of your cigar lounge, and it's a great, great room, but for that campaign, you want to be dealing with 35-year-old Ruth. So rather, spend, other, spend your time for that campaign on other things, like your spa. Um, if you know you love your, jo- your dog, focus then on this. Maybe add a few dog toys to your hotel room, a dog bed. Show Ruth outside in the grounds of your hotel throwing a ball with her dog. Yeah, But beyond that, where would Ruth hang out? Which would be on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Um, these different platforms like different styles of images. You know, Instagram is a very, very visual uh, platform. You want to have like saturated colors, bright colors, you know, very aspirational, inspirational type of photography in a square format, unless you're going for stories, in which case it's more of a portrait. Um, LinkedIn is more of a B2B type marketing platform. So you'd have different pictures for LinkedIn. So hopefully that all makes sense so far. So you want to create assets that appeal to your guest. Next, you want to, you want to take, your, take pictures to reinforce your campaigns. So now you know who you're speaking to, you know where they hang out, you decide on the looks and feel of your assets, you can start using them to reinforce your marketing campaigns. So as I'm also an email marketing campaign consultant, I know that the absolute best way to increase the open and the click-through rate of your emails is to segregate your audience and personalize those emails for that audience. To this end, I'm presuming you're gathering as much information about your guests or prospective guests as you can, wherever you can. From harvesting emails in order to allow them to access your Wi-Fi, to keeping records of the size of the party, so whether they're traveling for business or pleasure, if they're a single traveler, a couple or a family, even if it's possible, what they order in your restaurant, where they went when they left your property for excursions and that sort of stuff. And how would you use this? This. So as an example, the email you send to a single male traveling for work and attending a conference at your hotel must be different from the email you send to the family who used your hotel as a base while exploring the local area. The end result for these campaigns is the same, but the way you approach them has to be different and personalized. And can that go across your social media campaigns, your AdWords campaigns and everything? You need to take the pictures to reinforce your campaigns. Next, you come to tell the story of your campaigns in pictures or videos. It might seem like I'm repeating myself, and in a way I am. But photography is all about storytelling. Uh, most people coming who book your venue aren't booking it on facts and figures. They're booking on the emotions that it's going to be, be, be bringing in and, and how it makes them feel. So now you want to... So as humans, we love a story. Emotions have been shown to be much more effective selling tool in almost all areas than using facts and figures alone. Authors and copywriters tell stories using the written word and photographers using still images and videographers using movie images and sound to tell your story. In order to improve the impact and effectiveness of your visual marketing, you need to be telling a story. But how can you tell a story in a still image? So your hotel or your resort, your spa, your restaurant wants to invoke a mood or emotion in your guest. And that emotion will depend on your venue and your campaign, in fact. And for example, your wedding, you know, you could be trying to invoke feelings of love if you're pushing a wedding venue or a honeymoon destination. Or it might be 
peace and luxury at a resort. Um, it might be joy and family bonding and, and memories at a family resort. Your still images, you want to convey these, these feelings through your still images. So let's say for example, you're a family resort and you're looking to create an email to try to get families to book a room over Christmas. Are you seeing how specific this is? You want to be as specific as you can and by segregating your audience in your email, in your database, you can send specific emails out to specific people. So even though, so now we're going very, very specific, you know your ideal guest is a young family, you're choosing to target them via email in your call to action is get them to book a hotel room from the 23rd to the 27th of December. Now, a perfect image for that email would be a family in one of your rooms with a Christmas tree with beautifully wrapped presents underneath it. The families around the tree in their Christmas pajamas all smiling and laughing while handing out presents. Yeah. So this story would work perfectly with a call to action of book your Christmas now. This would lead them to a landing page with more details about your Christmas offers and a booking engine. Okay, so you have to put your ideal guest in that picture and you're breaking down barriers of entry and getting them to book direct with you now. Which leads on to point five, use props or models to add to your story. So every story has its hero and supporting cast. In this case, you, the hero is your ideal guest and the supporting cast is everything you can add to the picture to give more depth to your story. So let's look at the previous example of the family at Christmas. What most hotels tend to do is send an email out with a picture of the room and that's it. You know, so you're saying, yeah, book your Christmas with us now, but it's just a picture of an empty hotel room. Your ideal guests are using up too many calories now trying to fill in the gaps. Okay. Great, it shows off the room, but where's the pool? What is there to draw the guests in to make them part of the scene and get them booking? There's nothing there. So a slight step up from that might be adding a tree with Christmas decorations in the corner. Okay, so now you're starting to build up a story. You're starting to tell a bit more of a story through props. This is how props have, uh, this is how props help. Images now move from a documentary image to the start of the story sometimes the budget might not extend to hiring models and makeup artists and wardrobes and more to tell the story. In this case, the subtle use of props can help. Props can, be, can even be a pair of shoes at the bottom of the bed or shopping bags from the shop your guests would visit in the corner of a room. Even a jacket over a chair and a laptop and a desk could tell the story. So think of efficient and cost-effective ways of telling a story with props in order to try and make it easier for your ideal guest to picture themselves in that scene. Okay, so point six, use composition to reinforce the story and to guide the eye. In photography, there's some rules in inverted commas that we use to try and make a nice picture. Uh, two of those rules are the rule of thirds and leading lines. Rule of thirds depicts how to set up the stage of your of your of your picture. Uh, most images will be rectangular, and imagine you've got a grid of two horizontal and two vertical lines, or evenly spaced. Where those lines cross are where you want to put some points of interest. You know, so you might have a Christmas tree on one point running up two lines, and a pair of shoes on the bottom left-hand point, for example. This just sort of brings a sense of 
peace and your mind finds it easier to digest these sort of things yeah, when you've got the rule of thirds and these composition rules. Another rule for leading your eye are things called leading eye lines. Now these are real or hinted lines that draw the eye toward the subject. So if you think of a landscape photograph, um, think of a fence line and your eye will naturally follow that fence line down and if the picture is well composed, there'll be a subject at the end of that line. Now those lines don't need to be a solid line, they could be a recurring pattern or something that is implied through various things pointing. So think of these ways of moving the eye around. Another, th another idea you can have is you to use props to block areas of, of the image. Um, to force your eye back inside that image and back towards your subject because you want to get people to stop the scroll you want them to have a look at a picture and by using some of these composition rules you can do that and um, a well composed image will tell the story and allow your eye to travel around the photo lingering in areas and bypassing others that aren't as important which leads me on to point number seven use lighting to reinforce your story our lighting is such an important but often overlooked aspect of hotel photography. Before we start this area, let me just mention that although I do use artificial light sources, you don't always have to. Uh, in some hotels I photograph, the architectural design of the lighting is fantastic, in which case I can simply bracket and blend the different exposures in to do it. But in the majority of shoots I use light in order to maintain uniformity in my exposures and to be more productive and efficient. Work cannot stop on a shoot for me because of bad light. I may often need to create my own light. But that being said, lighting and storytelling is in my opinion one of the most important aspects of the job. Light or the lack of light can make or break a photograph. For example, think of how the light at midday feels compared to the light at sunrise or sunset. Or think of your favorite room at different times of the day. How does the, the feel of the room change during the, during the, the day? How does it, that room feel at night or at twilight? The same room can feel romantic, uninviting, scary, mysterious, or happy by changing nothing other than the light that you use. Not only that, but going back to the previous point of composition, using lights and pools of light, you can guide your eye through the image. The eye will always go directly to the brightest point. So by using light correctly, you can draw focus on various areas. For me, light has always been an essential part of my workflow. When I first started photographing spaces, I would use up to 11 lights hidden all around the room. All around the room. I use lights to bring the interior light up to the same as the outside, so avoiding those white windows you see. I use lights to create light from the shadows, so carving out details in the room and separating sofas from walls. I use lights to guide the eye to create texture. In those days, it would take me about three hours to photograph a room, and nowadays we just don't have that time. So I would generally bring around with two lights, um, create the lighting as quick as I can, and then create the full image in post-processing. Uh, but again, I don't always use light as I mentioned. By knowing the room well and experimenting, you can get the room perfectly lit by using the sun. Uh, you know your hotel better than I ever will, uh, and you would know where which rooms look, feel better at what time of day and based on, 
on the light. Make sure you can get in there to photograph those at, at the right sort of time. We'll go into some more detail in a little bit. And there are also apps to help you know where the sun will be at a specific time. Um, so you can time your hotel, your, your room shoots based on the, on the lights. Okay, point eight, take note of the small things. The difference between a good photo shoot and a great photo is often just paying attention to the little things. Before you even think about pushing the shutter on your camera, have a look around your room. Make sure all the little things are correct. Okay, for example, if you look at the adverts on TV for hamburgers, they're designed to ensure that every single thing about that burger is perfect. The crews will inspect hundreds of rolls to find the best one. The burger patty is the exact size and shape and cooked to the exact color it needs to be to make you feel hungry. I have looked at, again, many luxury hotel brands. They've got wrinkled sheets, wrinkled covers on their, on their beds. You know, the, 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 the tablecloths are, are wrinkled and not, you know, there's waves in them. You, you've got to pay attention to the very, very small things. Even simply turning a vase or flower one way or the other can make or break an image uh, that could go back to your leading line. You know, the spout of the teapot might be part of a leading line leading your eye to the breakfast on, on the table. But on that point of the small thing, it's vitally important that while you should use props to tell the story, be careful about what you show. By putting that breakfast on the tray on the table, are you insinuating you offer room service when you really don't? Is that kettle on the side something that's included in your hotel room? And while those rose petals look wonderful on your bed, do you give that to your clients, to your, to your guests? Guests are very quick to take to social media if they feel they've been missold and experienced. After you've taken your pictures, blow it up as quick as you can. So get it, you know, if you take it on your mobile phone, get it onto your computer as quick as you can and have a look at it. Where does your eye immediately draw, be, be drawn to? Um, is that where you want it to be drawn to? If not, change something to make sure your eye doesn't go to that point and moves to somewhere else. Yeah. Point number nine, focus on everything in your hotel, not just your rooms. So now we're looking at the bigger picture, so to speak. In hotel photography, you definitely need to photograph all of your room types, whether it's just gyms, bar, reception, restaurant, grounds, whatever else, okay? And ideally, you wanna show them both empty and with your ideal client in them. But remember when I said you're telling a story in your hotel, nowadays people want to know about the people behind you, behind your brand. So, for example, if you have a restaurant on site, you wanna show your food. It'll be a good, good idea to show portraits or environmental portraits of your staff. Or even, as you can read in my blog at www.johnwilmers.com forward slash blog, photograph the surrounding areas. Uh, what can people do within 5, 10, 20, 30 minute walk of your hotel? What is there? You know, bringing all these sort of things into your blog can make you an authority as well. Helping your SEO and getting you known, there, known out there. Point number 10 is take note of colors. Um, as humans, we see in color. Color is an important part of our life and your hotel photography for, should definitely be in color. But there's much more to color than just having pictures in color. You can use color to further set the mood, tell your story and subliminally in, influence your guest mood when they see your site. This differs in architectural photography. For example, when I work with architects and interior designers, accurate 
color representation is of immense importance. I've got to get those colors exactly right. That salmon pink needs to be salmon pink in the pictures. So I use color checker cards and calibrated monitors in order to achieve this. Accurate color in hotel photography is often slightly less important, uh, coming second to the mood that you're trying to convey. Again, you can look at the sun and see how the color of the sun changes in the day and how that makes you feel. So for example, before sunrise, the light is a blue, dark blue in color. It then moves across to a yellow orange and then throughout the day becomes more white, blue and cooler and then cooling, you know, going down to orange and red for the sunset. And how do those different feel, uh, different colors make you feel? Okay, not only that, uh, using complementary color schemes can bring balance to your pictures. For example, you may have a blue room with a dash of orange to bring in contrast. Um, but once again, there's even more than just that. Uh, I try to color grade my pictures very subtly with your brand colors. Um, so for example, let's say your brand color is blue and orange. I might add some more blue to the shadows, a little bit of orange to the highlights, just to subliminally add some branding for there. But there's even more to color than this. You know, do you know that in some cultures, specific colors carry different meanings? Let's take the color red, for example. Red is traditionally in the West, the color of love. So red features prominently in Valentine's Day. Uh, and they should feature in your Valentine's Day campaigns. But red's also the color of passion and fire and blood or war. Uh, in Western culture, red symbolizes passion, love, excitement, and danger. So be aware of when you're using a lot of red, what, you, what, that, what feelings that can invoke. But if you're a worldwide brand in China, red symbolizes happiness, good fortune, and luck, and is worn at weddings. Uh, in other cultures, red also carries negative connotations. For example, being caught red-handed, um, a red flag. Whereas in my home country of South Africa, red is the color of mourning, um, you know, after someone dies. So you need to think about the impact of color and how color can change according to where you are using that campaign. It may have been an idea to photograph a slightly different image for the USA compared to Egypt using different colored props and color grading to invoke the mood or feeling that you want. I see hotels fall down on color grading all the time. It's, I believe that, this, that these 10 points you've gone through, by adding them into your hotel photography, you will change your bookings. But let's get back now to how you can change and improve your hotel photography right now. Okay, this is a blog I've post it up on my website, which I'm just going to go through very briefly to show you and give you six tips that you'd like. The blog post is called Six Tips You'll Love to Easily Improve Your DIY Hotel Photos. So as you already covered, sometimes you just don't have the budget, okay? So how can we improve your hotel photography? We've gone through those 10 points you just covered there about knowing your guest and composition. So let's touch on some more things. Lighting. You'll want your room to be as light as possible. Okay, this will allow you to capture more detail in the windows, not have them blow out like you see with the white windows. 
And that happens when there's a huge brightness between the inside and the outside of the windows. The camera or phone sensor can't handle this and the bright highlights just become white and there's no data in there. This will cause windows to flare and make the edges appear washed out. So by bringing up the internal exposure, you effectively reduce the luminosity range between the light and the shadows, allowing you to get the view a bit better. So I use lights in order to do this. If you were to just switch on all the lights in the room and wait until certain times of day and certain types of light, for example, overcast days may allow you to, duller days may allow you to show more of the outside. Uh, twilight shots, there will come a time when the interior and the exterior exposure balances and you can often get a good picture that way. Next point is don't photograph your, your image too wide, too high or too low. So for example, if you have a compact digital or a DSLR camera with a wide lens, you may be shooter to, tempted to shoot at a very wide angle to make the room look bigger. Avoid this completely because it brings a lot of distortion and it just looks odd. Rather zoom out with your feet by walking backward as far as possible. Shooting very wide makes the room look distortion and just odd. As for shooting high or low, avoid this unless it's for a valid reason. Ideally, you want to keep the camera between chest and chin level. Sometimes I make the shoot go down to belly button type level to make your rooms look, look right. But this will depend on seating height, light fittings, etc. Shooting too high will mean pointing your camera down and making your vertical lines angle in and out like a ship's prow almost. And shooting too low will do the same thing. So you want to keep your camera level and at roughly chest height and then keep the same height for all the images across that shoot you take just to keep some sort of uniformity there. So keep your camera at roughly chest height and your camera exactly level. You can get in some cameras that have built-in level to help you with this. Uh, otherwise you can get a little, little magnetic level that can fit on the top of your phone with a little bubble. Keep the bubble centered and you should be all right. I've already covered this. Tell a story in your pictures. We all love a story. Uh, add by, you know, so by adding props, which goes the next point, adding props um, to tell your story. Uh, you, want, you want to tell a story as much as you can. Uh, we've already said look for the small details. Uh, ensure your bedding is, is, is ironed. I can't tell you how often I see this not done. Bedding ironed, tablecloths ironed, floors clean, carpets clean. Um, tr try and rather not photograph the hotel room with a hole in the carpet. Find another one. Um, the sun, you want to pay as close attention to where the sun is and how the light's falling in your room. Um, as I've said before, shooting on cloudy days will provide softer light than midday on a sunny day. So get to know your hotel, get to know which days and what sort of lighting conditions and what times of day gets a uniform light going through the, through the room, which would really help the exposures and hopefully prevent those blown out windows. So now you have photographed your hotels. We've discussed a couple of options already about how to use them, but let's go into a bit more detail on how and where to maximize the use of your hotel photography. Obviously, the picture should be up on your website and each room type should have its own separate section where you describe that room type for your website. You don't want your images to be too large 
Google will will penalize your site on SEL based on how long it takes to load. So you want to try and keep your images around 100k kilobits. Um, so if you can upload them around about 1800 to 2000 pixels across at the widest widest length and around 72 dpi jpegs and compress them it will really help your your page load speed also when you upload your images ensure you fill the alt tags out that will really help your seo as well social media obviously you know where your guests will hang out because you've done all this research so you'll know whether you want to photograph pictures for facebook instagram linkedin videos videos for tiktok and you need to know the best um, aspect ratios and DPI for them. For example, Facebook image should be uh, 1,200 pixels across. Uh, Instagram for a minimum of 1080 pixels across, and ideally in a one-to-one -one ratio for your wall. But different social media platforms require different types of photography. Uh, on so while covering the social media side of photography, Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes are so important to getting your brand, getting your guests and followers to know the story behind the people behind the brand. So use some behind the scenes pictures. Show your guests having a good time. Show your kitchen staff creating their dishes. Show the housekeeper staff making beds. Make stories. And this doesn't have to be professional. If you give a member of staff a mobile phone, get them videoing, you know, get those TikTok dances going and get yourself found on social media but like that. Again, another good way of doing it are guest testimonials. Why not give your mobile phone to a member of staff and when guests are booking out, try and do a very quick 30 second interview with them and a testimonial. Get them when they're happy and they will help sell your venue for you, helping you to beat the OTAs. Blogging, um, I'm a huge advocate of hotels blogging. Blogging is a wonderful way of getting your name out there if you do it right, every time someone searches for a town, your hotel should 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 come up. Um, ideally, you'll have a content creation calendar for the year, and this way, you can get your photographer in once a year, create all the assets for the year for you, and then add them to your to your content creation calendar. Um, so, blogging will update your website regularly, which Google loves, especially if you if you use good relevant keywords. And often, secondly, another important part of having a blog is it's a fantastic way of being seen as an authority and building trust in your venue. Using blogs to tell your guests about your hotel, your staff, the area around you, the best restaurants and sites near you and events coming up. Um, I'm a very big advocate of blogging for hotels and I've actually released a blog post on that as well. Another way of using your images is email. Obviously, email campaigns, as I've mentioned already, segregate your email campaigns and personalize the images you use in your email campaigns for, your, for those exact guests. You want to get the click-through rates up and you'll do that through personalization of your subject lines, your content and your images in there. And then you want to use your images on internal media. So people often forget that you have memos and board meetings and AGMs and investor meetings and annual reports use the images you paid money for in these reports um, but go beyond that you can encourage your staff to use these images as desktop images on their computer use those images as posters around the hotel on your menu 
even the wrappers on your mint. Um, you want to get these images out into the into the public as often as you can. Uh, also use your images on advertising or print or online. So just use them everywhere. You want to get those images out to be seen. Finally, Expedia and other OTAs. As I'm sure you've picked up by now, I'm not a fan of OTAs, but they are a necessary evil. As I always say, you need them to grab a guest for the first time. If the same guest books via an OTA the second time, you have failed at your marketing. Um, if you'd like to discuss this, hit me up and I will gladly discuss ways of helping you beat the OTAs. But anyways, you need to have OTAs. So Expedia and other OTAs like to have three to five images per room at over two and a half thousand pixels across. And I tend to deliver OTA images at 3,500 pixels across and 300 DPI. It's not, it's not your service base. Ensure, ensure your OTA images tell the story and answer the question the guests might have in those three to five images per room. Um, on my blog post, I have listed a whole number of other ways of using your photography, so check that out at www.johnwilmers.com. And that was just seven ways you can maximize the use of your hotel photography. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. It's been going on for a little while now. We are currently sitting at roughly 40 minutes for this podcast, the longest I've ever spoken in my life, I think. Um, I hope that this podcast is has been useful for, for you. If you have any questions or you'd like to discuss anything, hit me up at www.johnwilmans.com. Uh, you can email me at john at johnwilmans.com or give me a ring even 07801-503-767 and that's in the UK. Phone is probably the worst way of getting hold of me as when I'm on site shooting, I tend not to answer my phone because my full attention is on that shoot. But please get in touch. Let me know what you thought of this podcast, uh, whether you thought it was useful or if I'm just wasting my time doing this for you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.